Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what? What are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hello and welcome to the first serve. It is your host, Jed Zetzer, and today I'm chatting with Matthew Ebden, who is currently quarantining in the Australian Open bubble in Melbourne. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You recently travelled to Doha for Australian Open qualifying. How was that whole experience? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, it was a strange one. Um, yeah, obviously myself and a few others decided last year to not go away for the last few months of last year and sort of stay in Australia and you know wait for the new season to start in Australia in January, and that's sort of what I did. And then all of a sudden, found myself having to go to Doha for qualifying of Aussie Open, which was which was very strange. Um, I didn't really believe it at first when, when I heard of it. But, um, yeah, that, that was, you know, the only option in the end and uh, one I had to do and then had to come back and join join this well modified quarantine, which I'm now sitting in. Um, so, yeah, it, it was very strange, but nice to be, you know, started with the new season. Um, you know, I didn't win, but, you know, I had every chance to win my match. So, so that was okay. It's a positive after not playing really to a level for the last nine, 10 months. Um, so yeah, it was fine. Uh, up and running and, you know, into the, into the year now. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, you didn't get the result that you were after there, but it must've been great just to get back out there competing. Cause as you mentioned, you took off most of last year, decided not to travel, um, had to end up traveling the way it worked out anyway, but what positives can you take out of that experience? Cause yeah, it must've been great for you to get back out on court. Yeah, well, you know, firstly, last year, I mean, you know, I hit the ground running. I was first couple of months I was playing and starting to find some form. And then, you know, I, I didn't really decide not to travel from March till August, September. There was no tennis tour anyway. So there was there was no travel. And then there was potentially two or three months at the end of the year, which I could have maybe gone. But because my ranking was a bit low from sort of injury and time off the year before, um, I couldn't really get in the tournaments I wanted to get in and then also make, you know, two week hard quarantine in a hotel on returning to Australia. It just wasn't really all worth it for me. So yeah, made that decision. Uh, and yeah, like you say, you know, yeah, didn't obviously get through qualifying, but that's fine. You know, the, you know, I think I had 12 break points, only converted four. I had set points first set, won the second, lost a close third, even the last game probably, sh- you know, should have broken back. And I think I won more points overall in the match. So not too fast about that. Um, you know, I felt comfortable out there, moving well. Um, just obviously a little rusty match play, just converting a few of those points, missing a few shots here and there. But, you know, that's, that's not, a, not a big issue. That will come pretty quick. So, yeah, just um, happy to be back in the swing of things and, yeah, get going for the year. But I know it's going to be a tricky schedule and year this year regardless. Now that you're back in Melbourne, what does your schedule look like once you get out of quarantine for the rest of the Aussie summer and then beyond? 
Yeah, so the first week there's um, you know the the ATP 250 events and the ATP Cup all running simultaneously at Melbourne Park. So I will be in Melbourne One. I'm in Melbourne One in the doubles, and I'm pretty sure they're going to increase the draw sizes even for the main draw singles. And I'll probably get in even the main draw in singles as well. So so that will be good, a uh, chance to get some more matches and, and get going even there. And then into Aussie Open, planning to play doubles and mixed doubles. Um, I'm playing with JP Smith through through that time. Um, Fantastic. So yeah, we we yeah, we're sort of on the cusp of being an alternate to get in even on our rankings. Um, otherwise, you know, hopefully a wild card if we need one. But you know, obviously, yeah, it'd be better to just get in on our rankings and not have to rely on anything. Um, and then yes, so that will take us through sort of February. Obviously, you're allowed to leave your room for five hours a day in this current quarantine. Who's your hitting partner this week? And how have you found that whole experience of training for five hours a day and then going back into your room? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Uh, you know, we arrived, I think, 3 a.m. Saturday morning. Our, our flight landed from Doha. Um, and then, you know, we go through the protocols at the airport. By the time I'm in the room, I think, you know, went to sleep at 4 a.m. and had to get my first test in the morning. And the idea was that, um, you know, within 24 hours, we'd get our negative test results back and then be able to go practice on Sunday. Um, and then, you know, Sunday came around, they canceled practice because there were starting to be issues with flights. And then, so we couldn't leave our room at all um, for Saturday mm. and Sunday. And then it got to Sunday, got to Monday morning. I was supposed to go practice early at 7 a.m. We're waiting in our room for a knock on the door to come and get us to take us out to practice, you know, bearing in mind we'd spent the whole weekend stuck in our room with, with nowhere, no windows. So um, it was, you know, looking forward to getting outside and going to go practice and, and whatnot. And then, you know, we just ended up waiting five or six hours for a knock on the door that just never came. And then by lunchtime, we sort of got some confirmation that there'd been issues with transport and government clearance and all sorts. And basically practice was canceled again for the day. So, Wow. That took us then to Tuesday. So that was three full days just, you know, stuck in our room. Uh, and then obviously all the drama with all the, all the other flights and then the people who had to do 14 days stuck in their room, which, which is, is horrible. I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, I know people out there making fun of no fresh air and whatever, but I can tell you it's not fun being in a hotel room, even for three, three days mm. um, with no air and stuck in your room. Never mind those people who have to do 14 days. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the last uh, three, four days, yeah, I've been able to get out and practice and gym and eat at the site a bit. Um, my practice partner, Blake Mott, and the fellow Aussie. Um, so he's he's in here as well. So yeah, we, we've been practicing. And yeah, so about another week, I think on Saturday next week, Saturday morning next week, perhaps we will get out. Matt, yeah. what are your thoughts on Craig Tarley's comments about the top players gaining preferential treatment is that something that you can agree with yeah look i know craig really well i've known him for a long long time dealt in depth with him with many many things even this last seven eight months been talking to him constantly about aussie open and everything else that's going on and you know all the plans and everything so um look uh in the end of the day um you know south australia offered to be able to take i think 50 or 50 or 100 of the numbers of the foreign cap from Victoria. So th there were big problems of, of obviously the total number of people allowed into Australia and Victoria 
for this Aussie Open. And that's the, obviously one reason why the qualifying had to be held overseas because they, there wasn't enough spots available. You know, the government didn't let enough people in. So yeah, that is also partly why uh, they took some of the load off to send, I think, an extra 50 people to Adelaide. And, yeah, under conditions that, you know, for the for the top players got there and whatever. And, look, I mean, like he says, I mean, it'd be nice if the world was fair, if everything was perfect, but it's not. Like, let's not, you know, pretend it, it is when it's not. Um, yeah. The world is run on, on market demand. It's a free market. It's run on, you know, there's, there's money, there's sponsors, there's – Whatever, so I'm not surprised at all that you know like the, the top guys get a favourable deal. I think even in Australia, this last uh, nine months, we've probably all seen or read of yeah. uh, actors even coming into Australia from the US. You know, Mark Wahlberg or Hemsworth mm. or Zac Efron or whoever else, and they come into Australia and they bypass the, you know the strict hotel quarantine by paying $500,000 and hiring out an entire resort for themselves and a security team and whatever. So if you've got half a million dollars to spend to, you know, to, to waste on hotel quarantine and you can pay for all the security and the health and everything, then so be it. That's, you know, that's how mm-hmm. the world runs. So uh, I don't particularly have a problem with Craig's comments. I think it's, it's just real. Um, you know, people obviously don't like to hear that, but, it's the nature of the world. It's the nature of business. It's the nature of sport, markets, money, you know, sponsors. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't don't have a big problem with that. What is sort of going through your head when you see some of these social media posts that have been going up from the players um, <laughs> sort of complaining about a whole range of things? What, what goes through your head when you see that type of stuff? Yeah, look, obviously seen it all and I'm on calls daily with the whole playing group basically and Craig um, leading calls amongst the players. Um, so, look, I think nearly all of what I've seen is pretty fair almost coming from the players, but I didn't like probably two or three things I saw coming from, you know, I won't name names, but, well, firstly, obviously Novak's, you know, requests, uh, you know, they were taken out of context as demands, but they weren't, they were requests. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of laughed when I saw some of them because some of them are obviously not possible by law and government. Mm. So um, it's just uninformed, uneducated, maybe a bit naive. So he obviously doesn't know really the laws or what's going on. I guess you've got to remember nearly all these players are coming from countries around the world which are, you know, a mess and struggling and, and they've got loose restrictions. And I mean, they've got lockdowns and things, but they're not enforcing it like we are here. So that's why, you know, they're all in a mess thinking that anything can be, you know, rules can be bent and laws can be changed. Um, so I don't think they really get it. And also some of the some of the players that were sort of complaining about um, this quarantine, they wouldn't have come if they'd known and everything. Well, you know, they, they did know. There was stuff that was sent out. There were calls that were available to everybody back in yep. November explaining the, you know, potential scenario. And everyone knew that we were going to do a hard quarantine for 14 days. But the, the idea was we would all be allowed out for five hours to practice and, and train and whatever. But it was all subject to change according to our government and health laws, which is what happened. In the end of the day, chief health officer said, sorry, guys, you're all in for 14 days and you're not leaving your room. And that was one of the caveats that these you – know, so, so these people saying – Oh, well, I wouldn't have come. Well, you didn't have to come because the rankings are frozen and they still are frozen until March. So nobody had to come. Nobody forced them to come. 
um, it was their decision and if you know they, they didn't have to come basically so yeah it sucks um, you know but all the creative stuff that's happening in hotel rooms and all the posts saying it's brutal and it's kind of like prison um, it's fair it, it is it's brutal <laughs> like especially yeah. the ones who can't leave their room they literally can't leave their room and no not a window not a door for 14 days it's 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 not it's not easy I mean even in prison you're allowed out for you know, fresh air time to go outside and do chores, see people, um, you know, do things. But it's, it's, it's really brutal. On your flight home from Doha, did you come into close contact with many other people on your flight? Obviously, we've seen there have been these flights carrying people who have tested positive. Um, and as a result, all passengers have been put into a strict lockdown. From your experience, do you think that that's, you know, totally necessary? And could it have possibly been avoided? Um, look, I, I don't think anything else could have been done to avoid it. I mean, bar not being on, you know, everybody taking their own plane, which is impossible. Mm. Um, so no, so even, you know, boarding, I mean, there was only 20% capacity, you know, the plane held 350 seats and I think there was only between 60 to 70 people on the flight. So it was 20% capacity. Everybody, even in economy had, you know, two or three free rows to themselves or around them till the next person. Um, and business class was the same. It was every, you know, every few seats only had a person, whatever. So, and even in our boarding areas, it was all separated. It was all segregated, you know, so we didn't come into contact or go near anybody. Um, so from that point of view, nothing else could really be done. I think the issue is now, what also what Craig's explained to us and even the health, whatever is these new sort of strains, these new super contagious strains that are coming out of the UK or South Africa or whatever they're calling it, the UK strain mm. um, are so, so, so contagious that they exist just in the air. So almost doesn't matter how far away you are from someone, if it's in the air or even potentially through air conditioning, they're not exactly sure just yet. They don't have enough information, but, there's potential that this one is just airborne and carried in the air and kind of infect people like that. So that's, I suppose, where their super, super strict precautions are coming from. And I guess it was sort of warranted because I think a couple of days ago, a few days ago, uh, another girl who was on one of those flights yep. that, that in a hard quarantine, she tested positive after I think six days of being in hard quarantine. Um, and she was on one of those flights. So it's, uh, it's a bit vindicated or it shows that it was warranted because even up until, well, even up until day 14, it's possible someone can all of a sudden test positive. Um, yep. I think after 10 or 11 days, it's, it's less than 5% chance that anyone will then test positive after 10 or 11 days. But I think still from between days five or six till 10, I think there's still quite a big percentage of chance that someone can test positive. I think the first, Five days is the majority of cases, but I think after that, there's still a reasonable chance. And then obviously, by the time you get to 14 days or after, there's zero chance. So that's what I've been told from you know various uh, officials. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me today. Look forward to watching you in the week leading up to the AO and then out on the doubles court. We'll be cheering you on for sure from the sidelines and yeah, just really appreciate you taking out the time. I know you're a busy man at the moment, training and recovering and all that. So we really do appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's um yeah, I mean busy outside and got things going on, but 
definitely got a little bit more time than usual sitting here in the, in the hotel room. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.